Welcome to the debut episode of the Tuttle Daily Audio Podcast. Hello, my name is Tuttle. Now, I'm sure most of you already know who I am from the various radio shows that I've worked on in Central Florida, or you follow me on social media or subscribe to my YouTube channel. I just want to give you a little bit of history of where I started and where I came from. Back in 1998, I decided to get an internship on one of my favorite radio shows growing up, which was the Ron and Ron Show. I didn't get a chance to work with Ron Diaz, who was the other host of the Ron and Ron Show, but I was fortunate enough to be able to work with Ron, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley. After the breakup of Ron and Ron, which was a highly syndicated radio show all throughout the Southeast, they were based out of Tampa. Ron and Fez ended up starting their own show called the Ron and Fez Show, and they started in Daytona Beach, where I grew up. I, I was born and raised in Volusia County, and I had to jump on the opportunity to be able to work with two of the guys that I grew up listening to. I really didn't have any interest in getting into radio. I just wanted, I wanted a cool opportunity to be able to meet the guys that I love. So I ended up calling them one day and asking if they needed an intern or help around the studio. And this was back in the day where radio stations did not have to offer college credit or anything like that to people that interned on their show. Now in today's radio, you got to be able to get credit for your from your college to be able to be an intern due to this whole like labor laws and being able to take advantage of free work. So they ended up agreeing on letting me help them out as an intern. And like I said, I really had no interest in being in radio until after about three or four months of working with them, I absolutely fell in love with everything about radio. I loved every bit of it, and that's when I decided this is what I want to do. Looking back on it now, I would have to say deciding to get an internship with Ron and Fez was one of the smartest things I could have ever done to be able to set myself up for a future in radio. They taught me all the necessary tools and stuff that I needed to know to be able to be good on the air and do stuff behind the scenes, editing audio and booking guests and, and picking topics to be able to garner and generate great conversation on the air. If you've been a follower of my career over the past 20 years, you know one of the things that I'm known for is being the inner gender champion of the world. And this is something that Ron and Fez came up and it's been a constant theme throughout my whole radio career where I box women. I have a record of 48 and one against all women competitors. And the only woman that I did lose to was the heavyweight, champion on the female side known as Christy Martin. She's from Orlando and that's how I made that competition. So that is the only defeat that I've had against a woman. But the reason I bring this up is that Ron and Fez taught me it's important to have a heel or a bad guy. Yes, everybody wants to be the good guy. They want to be the hero, but every, you know, dramatic performance or entertainment needs a heel. And they taught me the importance of playing that character. Ron and Fez had a lot of influence on my career, but unfortunately, Unfortunately, I had a short time of working with them and it was only a year and a half before they were discovered again and they got an offer to move to New York and Manhattan to work on one of their talk stations up there. They were going to be working overnights on this show and then it changed from RonandFez.net just to the Ron and Fez show. They were working on WNEW and that's where they ended up hooking up with Opie and Anthony. So that's why my career and time with Ron and Fez was so short 
because they got a great opportunity to move to New York. I was offered an opportunity to be able to go with them and be a part of their show, but I was young. I had never been out of the state of Florida and, and they wanted me to come up to New York and work with them, but I did not think that I was ready to move to such a big city and do that. Looking back on it, I'm very curious to see where my radio career probably would be at now if I would have decided to go with them to New York, but I can't go back and look at that now. It's just a big what if game. Yes, my career probably would be a lot bigger than what it is right now, but I didn't decide to go with them. If you've lived in Central Florida for a long amount of time, you've most likely heard of the show Russ and Bo. Russ and Bo was a talk show on the radio station Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando, and Bo was notoriously known as the party guy. He would go out to all the clubs. He would drink a lot. There was other things he was alleged of doing, and it ended up leading to his termination at Real Radio 104.1. With the recent opening of a morning show at The Crow in Daytona Beach after Ron and Fez leaving, Bo ended up becoming the host of The Morning Crow at The Crow in Daytona Beach. Management at The Crow ended up coming to me and offering me a job as the co-host slash board op and responsible for driving Bo around on the weekend. Like I I said Bo was a partier and my responsibility was to watch out maybe babysit for Bo on the weekends to make sure that he did not get into any trouble in Volusia County. Don't get me wrong we did some great radio it was short-lived though because we did not know that management already had plans on flipping the format from alternative rock to country. At this point I just figured that my radio career was done it was short-lived it was just a fad you were never gonna make it in this business. Well, one day I was listening to my other favorite radio show slash radio station. I was a fan of talk radio and one of my favorite stations was Real Radio 104.1 in Orlando. A lot of people don't know this is that Real Radio 104.1 was one of the first FM talk radio stations in the whole country. Real Radio had a really, really strong lineup. They had Howard in the mornings. They had the Monsters of the Midday and Middays. They had Jim Phillips in the Phillips File from 3 to 7. At nights, it was Drew Garabo. Yes, the same Drew Garabo that you know in Tampa on 102.5 The Bone. And then they had Eric Dennison who hosted Overnights. It was just a great lineup filled with a lot of local talent. So one day I heard that there were two shows on Real Radio that we're actually looking for interns, one being the Monsters of the Midday and the other being the Phillips File with host Jim Phillips. I applied for both shows. I really didn't have a preference of which one I wanted to be on, but both shows were really, really different. The first of the two shows that reached out to me first was the Monsters of the Midday and Black Bean, Carlos, you know him, he's on the show now, ended up reaching out to me when we set up a time for me to be able to come over and interview with them. Long story short, I ended up coming on to work with the Monsters. I was not getting paid, so I was getting college credit to work on the show. So yes, it was a little bit of a step back in my career to go from a paying gig as co-host slash producer, but I ended up looking at this as a great opportunity to work with a very big show in Orlando. So I ended up working two semesters back to back as an intern, got college credit for it, and I really busted my ass. And this is where the tools that Ron and Fez gave me to help me succeed in the business 
I just was really impressive as an intern. I would do things without them having to ask. I was editing audio. I was doing stunts. I was editing video. I was basically doing everything and anything that they wanted me to do. So I ended up getting hired on as a part-time associate producer for the Monsters of the Midday. At this time, Real Radio 104.1 was doing well across the board. All shows, the Monsters of the Midday, Jim Phillips, Drew Garabo, and management and Clear Channel at the time came up with this idea to form the Real Radio Network. So we ended up getting syndicated. It really wasn't syndication. We were simulcast on other Clear Channel owned stations. So we were probably at the strongest in the simulcast slash syndication deal. And we were on about 10 radio stations all across the state of Florida, a couple in Georgia, I think one in Louisiana as well. I worked with the Monsters in midday for about a year and a half, two years. And then I had an opportunity to take a position as the executive producer of the Drew Garabo show at nights at Real Radio 104.1. Looking back on it now, working with Drew at nights at Real Radio 104.1 was some of the most fun radio that I've ever done in my career. Yes, we would talk about serious topics, pitch things that are going on in our lives, but we also had a lot of fun. We did a lot of prank calls. We used to play this game called Make Them Say Ah, which is where a caller would call in and give us a word that we would have to get somebody on the on the phone to be able to say without saying the word. So we would like call Chinese food restaurants, pizza places, and we would have to get them to say this word without saying the word. I ended up spending almost two years with Drew Garabo at nights before he was unfortunately let go from the station. And that's when I ended up going back to the Monsters in the Morning. Yes, I said that correctly, Monsters in the Morning, because now after the departure of Howard Stern, after all of his FCC fines and Clear Channel, you know, just wanted to get rid of him to prove a point to the FCC that they were taking the indecency like serious, the monsters moved from middays to mornings. And then the Shannon Burke show came in and they ended up, I think it was the hideout. The hideout ended up coming in and replacing Drew at nights. So this time around with the monsters in the morning, I was actually full time. I was a co-host. I get to sit in the studio every single day, participate on the show, but I was still having to do all my behind the scenes stuff, all the editing, working on the best of uploading podcasts every single day. But I was still part of the show now. I was a, I was a co-host. I get to sit in the studio every single day. Yes, I still did stunts. I did a lot of the zany, crazy stuff. I was buried alive in concrete for three days. I walked across the state of Florida in two days, only using Highway 50, going from the Atlantic Ocean all the way over to the Gulf of Mexico. So I ended up having one of my longest runs in radio with a particular radio show. It was almost five years until 2010 of me being with the monsters in the morning. We're doing really, really well. We're syndicated on a couple of radio stations. Uh, this was right after Bubba the Love Sponge had been let go from his two markets, which was Jacksonville and Tampa, uh, for a bunch of FCC fines after he was fired by Clear Channel. And the monsters in the morning were offered those markets. They went to Tampa, went to Jacksonville. It was, things were going well. Unfortunately, we did not catch on with the audience in Tampa and Jacksonville following Bubba the Love Sponge. So I think we were there maybe about a year before those stations went away. At this time, I was very involved into NASCAR. I would go out to all the events. I would write blogs about NASCAR. I would talk about NASCAR on the Monsters in the Morning. And I ended up deciding to get a brokered show 
on our sister station, 740 The Game in Orlando, hosting an hour-long talk show about NASCAR. The show that I was doing on 740 The Game actually caught on and became pretty big. We got a great sponsorship from Orlando Chrysler Dodge Jeep. Uh, the owner of it was a big NASCAR fan. He would come on the show, be one of the co-hosts. I was making a lot of extra money off of this. Where I went wrong is I got a little too greedy and I ended up having a business meeting with a couple of potential advertisers at the Applebee's across from the Clear Channel Complex in Maitland, Florida. And a lot of these places, they have these partitions that are glass that, you know, the, the waitresses and stuff or staff can remove those so you can see people at the other table if you had a big party. So it was me and these advertisers, but what I did not know is my program director at Real Radio 104.1, Catherine Brown who was a very, very nice program director. She actually cared about me, helped me out, gave me the tools, did everything she could to help me succeed at Real Radio 104.1. Well, she heard me making these deals that were maybe a little bit shady and I was trying to get paid under the table and I'll admit greed ended up getting me in trouble and she heard me making these deals. She did not let me know that I was there. She waited a couple of days until I was called into the office and I knew I was in trouble immediately because the human resource officer was in the office with her and she sat me down and let me know that they were letting me go because of Paola Plagola, which I didn't think at the time, it being a brokered show, that I could get in trouble for Paola Plagola, and I was let go. I ended up having a 10-year run in Orlando at iHeart Clear Channel Orlando, and it was a great run. Unfortunately, I did something stupid and got my ass fired. A couple of months had passed and I had been out of radio and I wasn't for sure if I wanted to continue being in the business until I was listening to the Bubble Love Sponge show one day and I heard that they were in need of a webmaster, somebody to take care of their website, Bubble Raw, and I don't think they had Radio IO at the time, but it was to take care of Bubble Raw and BTLS.com. I had never done anything with websites. The only things that I had done was maybe a MySpace page, Facebook, you know, social media and stuff like that. I saw it as a way to get my foot in the door. Yes, I'm a broadcaster. I like being on the air in this position, maybe did not allow me to be on the air, but I saw it as a way to get my foot in the door with a really humongous radio show at the time. Bubba was syndicated all over the country. He was still on Howard 101. So things were going absolutely gangbusters for him. I ended up getting an interview with Russ Bruno and Hamill, who was in charge of all the Bubba's websites. Russ is Bubba's agent, books him for appearances, get it, gets him advertising and stuff like that. I was able to both of them and make them think that I was this great webmaster and knew exactly what I was doing. So I was hired full-time, great salary, benefits and all, and I show up to work the first day and it was way over my head. I was putting in 13, 14 hour days because anytime I tried to do something to this website, I would have to research it, figure out how to do it by watching YouTube videos. So it took me time, a lot of time, to do just simple tasks. It was about a week of being at the BRN until I was exposed 
for the fraud that I was. Every move I made while I was at the BR and especially when Bubba was around, I would do something weird or funny, try to impress him. And before I was exposed, I got Bubba to call me into the studio and they had me on the air and I knocked it out of the goddamn park. I killed it. They ended up having this meeting where all the employees at the BRN came in, gave their views and opinions on me. And a lot of people thought I was really, really funny. I did rub people the wrong way. There was a lot of people at the BRN that hated me. I don't know if they wanted to see me go, but they were just annoyed by me. After knocking all of Bubba's important websites, how he was making money, because at this time he was selling a lot of merch. A lot of people were subscribed to Bubba Raw to see all the uncensored videos and stuff from the studio. So he was actually making a lot of money off of these products. And my dumbass ended up knocking every single web domain that he owned offline. They were offline. So for a whole weekend, I think it was a holiday weekend as well that, that time. And I think it was like three or four days of him not making any money at all. And I was immediately terminated at that point. A really dumb decision that I ended up making was I was not going to tell my wife, because yes, I was married at the time, that I was let go from Bubba's show so quickly. So every day I would get up, drive to Tampa, and sit at a Panera Bread and use their Wi-Fi and listen to Bubba's show just in case they needed me for something. I was there on call. And at the time, yes, it probably was a little scary and stalkerish that they had this like weird, crazy guy showing up and being close to the studio just in case they needed him. But it ended up paying off because there was a few times where they ended up deciding to do a stunt and they needed me and I was right there. I was there and ready to go. So Bubba eventually decided to hire me part-time doing stunts, just doing random things around the studio and at the BRN. I was like a utility man. Bubba used me for everything. Until one day, Matt Lloyd, also known as Spice Boy, who was like Bubba's right-hand man, one of the funniest co-hosts on the show, he was the program director of Radio Io, which was a property of Bubba the Love Sponge. And it was his way of getting content out there. You had Ledge and Shannon Burke were two shows on an uncensored format, and Spice Boy ended up hiring me as the executive producer to work with the Shannon Burke show, and it was a lot of fun. We did some great, great radio, and it was fun to be on an uncensored format to be able to say and do whatever we wanted. I don't want you guys to think I'm making any excuses for the reason why I ended up getting fired from Shannon's show, but I had a piece of crap car that ended up breaking down all the time. I was having a lot of car problems. I was having to take my wife to work because at that time we only had one car in between us. So I would have to take her to Orlando to our tanning salon that we owned. And then I would have to huff it all the way across the state of Florida to do that show. My car broke down a lot. I was late a couple of times and Spice at the time did not have any sympathy or, or, or sympathy for me at the time. And I was fired immediately. Earlier in this podcast, I had mentioned that I had worked with Drew Garage at one point at nights at Real Radio 104.1. Well, one day I ended up getting a call out of the blue from Drew himself and he informed me that they were starting an FM talk station in Tampa called 1025 The Bone. And it was going to be a lineup exactly kind of like Real Radio 104.1. It was Bubba in the mornings. Drew Garabo did a two-hour show after he got done with his full-time gig as the host.
crash on the Morning X at 97X in Tampa. After that was the Billy Madison show, Mike Calta, and then Spice Boy at nights, and I was pulling double duty. I was working the Drew Garabo show as his producer slash co-host. I would stick around all day, and then I would be the co-host producer on the Spice show at night. So I was absolutely busting my ass. One of the things that I was very fortunate was that I got a chance to work with Drew Garabo again. And at the time, the show that he was doing was called In Your Face with Drew Garabo. But the great thing about working with Drew this time around is that it, he had matured so much from my original time working with him at Real Radio 104.1. He was just a smarter, well-rounded, better broadcaster. And I didn't think that was possible because he was great already at what he had done when he was in Orlando but he was so much better and quicker and wittier and just faster. I, I can't explain it, but it was just a joy to be able to work with Drew this time around on In Your Face. I will say it was some of the best and most fun radio that I've ever done. I look forward to those two hours. It wasn't a long talk show, but I was just so look forward to those two hours every single day with Drew. It was just me and him in the studio. It was mostly Drew because In Your Face was a show where Drew would have callers on with them debate them hardcore and completely eviscerate most of the callers that were complete idiots. And I would just sit back and laugh. But I, yes, I did participate in the show a lot as his producer slash co-host. I mentioned earlier that Bubba was the host on this all FM talk format here in Tampa that they had created. But Bubba, uh, let me flash back a little bit, used to do these bits. I had done it once before called Bubba Saw. And if you don't know what Bubba Saw is, he would lock us in a shed or room for like three days completely torturous no sleep we would irritate the hell out of each other they would broadcast all this live on his website bubble raw it was very very difficult thing to do because you would just get effed with the whole time you were in there now Yes, at this time, I was on a lot of psychotropic drugs that at the time I was depressed and, and had, you know, bipolar problems. So I was on a lot of medication. At this time, I had stayed so busy, I was not able to get in and see the doctor and I was off my meds. I did not want to go into that shed and do Bubba Saw for three days because I was not on my meds and I did not think I was mentally capable at the time to be able to handle it. At this time, don't forget, I'm working on In Your Face with Drew Garabo and Spice Boy at nights, but I was doing this thing, Bubba Saw, to get some publicity for the other two shows that I worked on. So I ended up showing up to Bubba's show that day, wanting to do it, but I just was not ready. I had a freak out and Bubba got mad. I ended up leaving and going back to do the show with Drew Garabo In Your Face. Well, in true Bubba fashion, he could not leave things alone. So I've already made it back to Drew's studio to do In Your Face and Bubba calls on the hotline to go after me. He wants me to pay big time for standing him up and not wanting to do Bubba Saw. We go back and forth and about five to ten minutes worth of Bubba telling me how much I sucked or how horrible at radio I was and he was going to get me fired. I blew up and called him a washed up hack. I said, nobody likes you, you're washed up, nobody wants to work with you, you're at the end of your career, la-di-da-di-da, -da -da. and I ended up getting fired from that position, both shows, we don't want you anymore, goodbye, so that was it. 
I thought it was the end of my radio career. I was like, I've run out of all options. There's no way I'm going to be able to get back anywhere on any radio show. So I ended up spending, I would say, almost close to eight months off the air. I was working other jobs. I was helping my wife at the tanning salon that we both owned. And I just, I thought this was it. I thought I was never going to get back in radio. Eventually, I did get a phone call asking me if I was interested in coming back to the business. And it was from Mike Calta. At the time, I think he was going by, still going as Cowhead. But he wanted me to be on the show as, you know, a segment producer, stunt guy an all-around guy just to do anything. So I ended up working there, I would say, for about five to six months. It was a great time. I, I enjoyed working with uh, Mike Calta. Galvin was a great guy to work for. Uh, Spanish was great. Carmen was awesome. John Brennan was still on the show at the time. And then he ended up leaving to become the program director at The Bone. But I ended up liking being on The Cowhead Show. At this time in my life, my marriage was not the best that it could be. Me and my wife, we were fighting about a lot of things because I was not spending a lot of time with her because I was working on the other side of the state. She was in Orlando. I was in Tampa. Uh, she was spending a lot of time at the tanning salon that we owned. So her big complaint was that we did not get to see each other as much. Then one day I ended up getting a phone call from a very close friend, Jack Bradshaw, who now was the program director at Real Radio 104.1. He called me and asked me if I would be interested in coming back as the producer slash co-host of the Monsters in the Morning. And this was a great opportunity. Yes, I appreciated what Mike Calta had done for me for getting me back into radio, but I had to get on this opportunity to be able to work in Orlando, be able to see my wife on a daily basis and fix things that were the biggest issues in my marriage. Well, guess what? Not spending time with my wife wasn't the problem. Uh, it was pretty much over with and we couldn't do anything to fix it. So after about three months of being with the monsters, me and my wife, we ended up deciding to, you know, go our separate ways. I ended up still keeping on and working with the monsters. But at this time, I recently and freshly off a divorce started drinking again and it absolutely became a problem. I was drinking a lot and I, throughout my radio career, have never been late one day for work. I've always been responsible. I would not party on weeknights, so I didn't want to miss the show. But this time around, I just was drinking because when I was married, I did not drink for 10 years and I just wanted to cut loose. And it, like I said, became a problem. And one night I ended up getting a promotion at a bar in downtown Orlando and it was on a work night. But yes, I was working, but I took it too far got too effed up and overslept and did not make it into work that morning. And a lot of people were saying that my drinking was becoming a problem. A lot of sponsors and people that want to have me as uh, an endorsement started pulling their ads. And that's like the worst thing you can do in radio is start screwing with ad revenue. And they ended up calling me into the office after about 11 months back with the Monsters, back with Real Radio, and they fired me once again. So this time after being fired, I thought this was it because I spent the longest 
amount of being away from radio, being off the air than I ever have in my entire career. I was almost out of radio for about a year and a half until I ended up getting a call from Bubba the Love Sponge. And I never thought in a million years that I would ever work for him again, but he ended up bringing me back. We ended up, you know, squashing all the problems we had with each other. And this go around, it was different. It was it was different this time because I was brought in as a co-host. I got to sit in the studio and I was able to prove to Bubba that I was able and more than capable of being a co-host and contributing to the on-air product on a daily basis. I ended up working with Bubba for a very long time this go around. I think it was almost two years until we ended up having a disagreement over a stunt. Uh, it was the fireworks stunt about getting blown up. And I just was getting to the point where I was like, I don't like doing these stunts. I did not want to do them. And, and don't forget, I'm still crazy. I'm on all these psychotropic drugs, which eventually I find out was not doing me any good. We got into a big fight. Bubba choked me out in the studio because we got into the argument and I ended up getting let go and fired that time around. My absence from the show was short-lived this time around and Bubba once again called me to come back and work and I worked another two years on his show. Everything was going great. He said I was over. The baby heel, he loved me. Everything was going great until one morning, I woke up and I had the deepest, darkest, emptiest, scariest feeling I've ever had in my life. I could not recognize myself in the mirror and I freaked out and made a stupid choice. I ended up trying to hang myself and committing suicide. I was unsuccessful, luckily, and ended up going into the radio show that day and I talked about it on the air. And a lot of people ask me, why did you talk about it? Why didn't you keep it to yourself? The reason that I talked about it was for one, I wanted to hold myself responsible and I wanted people to know what I did. So in case I tried it again, because I didn't know if, if, if this was a one-time thing or I was gonna end up doing this again. So Bubba ended up Baker acting me and I it was a great thing I'm not mad at him for what he did so I ended up having to go to the hospital I ended up spending six or seven days there when I got out the doctor wanted me to take the rest of the week off Bubba you know wanted me to come back immediately because I had already spent a lot of time off the air so he needed me so it was a confusion and misinterpretation on both of our parts. So I ended up coming in and doing the radio show the day after I got out of the hospital. One thing led to another. I wasn't doing well. We were both standoffish. I said some things to piss him off. He sent me home and told me to take a break and come back next week. So the day before I intended on driving back to Tampa, I had not heard from Bubba yet. And I was just going to come in and do the show and assume that I still had a job. But I ended up getting a text from Bubba that day letting me know he wanted to save me the drive of driving over to Tampa and wanted me to know that he was no longer needing my services and he was taking the show in a different direction. I'll admit, yeah. Yes, I was very, very mad for being let go, but I completely understand it. And the more and more that I've been removed from the situation, I get Bubba's point. I was disrespectful and did a lot of things, but I thought it was being, I thought it was a little unfair to fire me right after getting out of a mental institution. So yes, I was angry, but the more and more I get away from it, the better I feel about it. So with this time off, I have still not been drinking. 
I'm off all the psychotropic drugs because come to find out I was on a bad mixture and that is most likely what ended up making me try to commit suicide. So personally, this is the best that I've ever been in my life. I'm healthy, I'm losing weight since I've stopped drinking uh, and I'm refocused. I'm, I'm just wanting to work now. Now that we're at present day, let me tell you what's going on in my life. I recently took a co-hosting job on a nationally syndicated radio show called The Jack Klassen Show. It's based out of Canada, but he's syndicated on at least five markets throughout the United States. You could also hear us online as well as a download podcast. We put all the shows that we do up online. Our time slot is overnights on most of our radio stations. I still plan on getting a full-time radio gig that's local. I got a couple of stations that I'm talking to in Orlando, and I also have one mom-and-pop station in the Daytona Beach market that's interested in me as well. I'm not in a real big hurry. Yes, it would be nice to be on the air and be back on a full-time show, but I'm wanting to take the time and make sure that I make the right decision. Whatever radio show that I end up on, I want to make sure that this is going to be a gig that's going to set me up for the future. I'm 40 years old, I got to start thinking about retirement and, and, and what I'm going to do in the future. So I am wanting to make sure that I'm making the right choice. I really appreciate you listening to the debut episode of my audio podcast. I promise tomorrow I'm going to do a regular show. I just wanted to, you know, let people know that have maybe never heard of me and they stumbled across this podcast for the first time. I wanted them to know the history of my radio career and know my background and get a little bit of a better understanding. With the show, the audio podcast that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to do it just like a regular show. I'm going to talk about what's going on in my life, problems that I'm having. I'm wanting to read your email. So if you have any comments or or just want to write to me, email me, Tuddle, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. I'll be reading your email. So I'm going to be pitching topics. I'm going to be talking about current events, pop culture, everything going on in the world and giving you my opinion. And I just want to make you laugh. I want to I want to just get you away from normal everyday life because everyday life is hard and it sucks and I just want to give you something to get away from it. Help spread the word and tell everybody about me. You can find me on social media, Instagram.com slash Tuttle, Twitter.com slash Tuttle, Facebook.com slash Tuttle, YouTube.com slash Tuttle. Just search Tuttle. I am everywhere. I'm on TikTok. You have to search Tuttle on the radio there. Find me on Reddit. Tuttle on the radio. Also, tell people go to Tuttle.net. Yes, I was not able to get Tuttle.com. They wanted too much money, so I had to go with Tuttle.net. I'll catch you guys tomorrow. This is something that I plan on doing every single day. Find me on social media. Interact with me. I'm going to use all that stuff for this show. If you have any suggestions of stuff you want to hear, email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. Guys, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow.